A mess. <laughs> this is Voracious. Welcome back to the pod, everyone. Welcome, welcome. I'm Taylor joining you finally back in Cedar Rapids, where I actually live. Awesome. Who knew Iowa had so many places? <laughs> like two cities you mean <laughs> at least two <laughs> my knowledge of iowa has uh like quintupled since you moved there so yeah which makes sense. <laughs> no, to be fair i couldn't name more than des moines before i moved here oh nice um yeah taylor's very good at trivia for those who don't know so i think you're not am i i think i, think I just like know some random stuff but it never comes in handy like i'm good at jeopardy but i'm not good at like anytime we've been to bar trivia yeah okay that's fair same though yeah i just feel like we haven't found the perfect team perfect team and like perfect like theme night maybe or just like the categories exactly I was so sad. We tried to go to trivia the other night at a bar, and they canceled it without any warning. R.I.P. I know. I guess they just felt like people didn't need knowledge that night. Yeah. How rude. I know, right? Well, I'm Marley. I'm joining from Houston, as always. Uh, yeah, and we're glad to be back with another installment. I would like to say special shout out again to my brother, Kinley, who keeps texting me and asking when we're going to have new episodes. Oh, here I'm it is. Fan. I know, it's really cute. He's not reading the book, <laughs> but See, he says he okay. likes listening to us. Because my parents are both reading the book, but they're not listening to the podcast. Okay, so, it, you know, it evens out. My mom has finished the book. I think she's listened to a couple episodes. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, my par- I think my parents listened to like the first one. And it's funny. Like I was looking at like anchor gives like analytics of like uh-huh. who's listening. And, you know, it was like mostly like 24 to like 34 year olds. And then like maybe like someone in their like forties or fifties. And then it was like 80 plus. And I was like, ah, yes, my parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cute. I love it. Yeah. And it lets us know. Um, I don't know if you saw this, because I only saw this a couple minutes ago, but Taylor Jenkins Reid was written up in the New York Times. Ah! She just shared it on her Instagram. Yeah, so I haven't had time to read the whole article, but we love it. Our fave getting the recognition she deserves. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, so that's exciting. Um, Yeah, I hope that that means that more people will find her find her books i think my mom is gonna start uh daisy jones and the six soon she's finished malibu rising and my mom is a slow ass reader so the fact that she like not only finished this book but finished it quickly is a real ringing endorsement (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, daisy jones next i think nice um back to tjr i have a quick story so if you haven't checked out our instagram yet check it out it's voracious underscore podcasts um and the only person we follow is tjr and i was like i don't know it felt right like maybe as we <laughs> read more books i'll we'll follow more people but yeah. i like got a notification soon after setting up that instagram account like and it was something like tjr blah 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 and i was like oh did she like our photos did she follow us but it was just like the like random like canned notifications like she posted a new update <laughs> that, like, oh. nothing to do with us at all i thought we were oh, man. a lot of traction yeah but for a brief moment we had everything <laughs> I say we reach out once we're all done and like our like last episode of this season, like we try to interview her. Be like, Look, I'm down. We have this whole podcast dissecting. Devoted to you. Yeah. Yeah. We're big fans. We are but small fish, but would love to interview you. Yeah, I love that for us. I think we should try. I mean, the worst she can say is no. Right. I mean, you just won fucking tickets. I know so I texted Taylor like an hour ago and I was like I have a spicy question to ask you before we record and 
so we talked a few minutes ago. I won tickets for a concert that's happening in London later this month. I entered thinking there's no way I would win, but now I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, what would it actually take to get me to London? And I asked Taylor if she wanted to go with me. So, you know, we might be taking voracious international. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that might be where we join next. (laughs) That would be hilarious. But lots remains to be seen in terms of, like, safety regulations um, for international travel. So we're working on it. And, like, send all the good vibes that this dream comes true. But we'll see. But yeah, if my I I don't normally have good luck, but it seems like I'm having good luck lately in terms of like winning things and getting things. Concert uh, tickets specifically. Yeah, I know, dude. Um, so maybe we can turn that into author interviews. Yes. Well, that's my parents' thing is they're like, they enter a bunch of random shit. And like, because of that, they win a bunch of random shit. Like once I yeah. had one like headphones, my parents, like they've just won random stuff. I think the biggest thing was like, we got a trip to Disney World when Whoa. I was, like, in elementary school. That's yeah. major. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's great. Well, and it's oh, a good attitude. Like, yeah, like, you can't win unless you enter. So just, like, might as well. Yeah, especially, I mean, there's obviously some stuff that you can enter that's a scam. But if it's oh, clear yeah. that it's not a scam, hell yeah. Let's try it. Yeah. Well, you never know what's going to happen. Just make sure, like, when you exactly. enter stuff on Instagram, like... People are shitty and they make like fake accounts saying you've won, like put your information in here. So like the original entrance wasn't a scam, but then people capitalize on that. For sure. Yeah. We got to We got to remain hyper vigilant about scams. I got to today pretending to be geek squad charging me $800. They were saying they were going to charge me $800 to renew my like geek squad plan that I don't have. (laughs) That does not exist. Um, and it was from like a personal email. Wow, that's it just lazy. From, like a fake email, and I immediately googled like Geek Squad email scam, and like three links popped up. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, we're not gonna, we're just gonna delete this spam trash." No report, uh, but yeah, like really be safe out there, y'all. Like be be vigilant. Always like double check shady seeming stuff because it probably is shady. Yeah. Yeah. That's but our PSA. That's our PSA. Um, if you're into scams, I'm going to plug this other podcast. Scam <laughs> Goddess by Lacey Mosley is fucking hilarious. It's, it's like true crime, but entirely devoted to scams. It's impeccable. Um, she does not know me. We have no like relationship other than the fact that I think she's hilarious. And her podcast is great. So if you're into scams, um, check it out. Those are the only kind of scams we need to be involved in is listening two things about them not being involved in them yeah listening to get more informed yeah and have some laughs yes yeah because we don't want anybody to be swindled Mm-mm. so cool well anything else we need to hit upon before we dive on in no okay Cool. So I must confess, this was a little bit of a shorter section. I accidentally read a couple pages ahead. <gasps> Wait, but I'm okay. not going to talk about it. I got spoilers. So from my dad, so he actually finished the book. My mom's still reading it, but he finished it and texted me and was like, oh, I just finished the book. Like, can't wait to talk with you about it. And I was like, okay, yeah, but no spoilers. He's like, okay. And then like, <laughs> as soon as we're talking, like, he was like, what part are you at? And I told him. And then he said something that, like, obviously was past the part I'm at. And I was like, Dad! Oh, no! I mean, it wasn't, like, anything that was, like... Well, don't tell I, me. No, I'm not going to tell you. It wasn't <laughs> something I didn't see coming. So okay. it's not, like, too disappointing. But... Okay. I, yeah. Okay. Good Daniel. to know. Daniel, man. <laughs> he means well. Yes. Like, love you, Dad. Thanks for supporting by reading. But I said no spoilers! It's okay. Right? Yeah. He should just, like, text my mom because she's also finished. They can have their own book club. That'd be so cute. Yeah, right? That would be cute. (laughs) I also don't feel like either one of them would keep up with it. Their book club? Yeah. (laughs) It could just be for this one book. (laughs) Yeah. But, okay, Um, so the section we were supposed to read for today 
was noon to 1 p.m. Wait, how so, much more did you read? Just like a page and a half. Okay, like, oh, like the... I read the 1 p.m. Like, I see. the page that has 1 p.m. on it. Because okay. um, I was just going. But, okay, so we were supposed to read noon to 1 p.m. for today. And we finally get lunch. I also read it while I was eating lunch, which Aww. felt highly appropriate. Um, and this sandwich, I would like to make. Yes. I vote that at some point we try to make this. Yes. And see how it is, because I think it sounds really good. Yeah, it looked at me. It's fried clam strips, um, cold shrimp, tartar sauce, cheese on a roll. Yep. And then they serve it with fries, except Nina eats hers with a side of sliced tomatoes and is sad that she doesn't have fries. Yeah, she's like eyeing the fries. Like, girl, just eat the fries. Yeah, just eat them. But we are in the 80s. Um, anyway. True. I just like the TJR used the word smooshed. <laughs> like in the yeah. second paragraph, it was a mess of cold seafood smooshed between bread. Yep. We love a good funky verb. Yes. Yeah, it sounds really good. And it's I love that it's capital S sandwich. The sandwich. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like the family thing and Nina always makes it. Apparently no one else ever does it. Um, they just don't think to like it's yeah. like Nina's thing. You know? Typical big sister life. Yeah, this is like what you were talking about about her like taking care of the family. Like, I think this feels so. like one facet of it. Yeah, because it says you know they're talking about Nina's making the sandwich for everybody, and it says Nina didn't mind. She took care of her siblings, and they thanked her for it, loved her for it, and they all left it at that. So it's sort of like. You know, she doesn't seem upset about it, but it definitely feels like she is in a role and has a responsibility that the others don't. And they sort of acknowledge it, but like not really. It like just they probably like don't s- is what it is. Yeah, and they probably don't see like to the extent of what she does it, slash right. she might not have had a choice. Like she might have just gotten ushered into this role. Yeah, which I think she probably did, given the the turmoil of their, like, early childhood. Yeah. Yeah. She seems like a cool sister, though. I like Nina. I think she seems cool. Um, I think her ex-husband seems shitty. Yeah. We learn more about him. Most of the men in this, like, besides the main characters. Well, no, okay, besides Jay and HUD, most of the men so far (laughs) are just not... Not classy characters. No, and honestly, we'll see how Jay and Hud turn out. True. And although, like, because we're getting more information about them, it is easier to empathize and, like, find balance in those characters. Whereas That's we a good point. Others. Yeah, maybe I'm being a little too sweeping generalizationist. No, not necessarily, because they could also be assholes and we we're just trying to be sympathetic. So, like, mm. I don't know. It's hard it does to tell. just feel like the theme so far in the book is, like, men leaving their wives. Yes, that's definitely a motif. Um, yeah. Well, what's the difference between motif and theme? It seemed, like, bigger than motif. Yes. <laughs> um, yes, it is. I might be using motif incorrectly. Oh, man, I should know the answer to this. But, like, in the recesses of my brain, what I'm remembering is that a motif is may- – maybe motif is more like an image or a, like, a thing that keeps popping up mm. throughout a text, um, whereas a theme is more of a concept. So, I don't know. Like, motif is almost more like – I don't know if allegorical is the right word, but, like – like a thing are you googling it yes yeah i just pulled up my yeah. like yeah a thing that like stands for more and almost like it's personified not personified but okay so i think we're both right i'm gonna read you the definition that i just found on google motif versus theme <laughs> the theme is the underlying dominant idea in every written piece while a motif is a repetition of certain patterns ideas or images to reinforce the main theme okay so i think ideas. i did use it correctly because men leaving their wives is not i don't think the main theme of the story but it is a repeated pattern or idea throughout 
what would you say the main theme is so far? I don't think we're there yet, but I think it has mm. bigger implications for families as a whole. I think, like, I don't have a good phrase for it right now, but I think the main theme has more to do with family dynamics, big picture, than with shitty husbands specifically. And then shitty husbands are, like, a facet of mm. whatever that umbrella family theme is what do you think about that i can see that i think if i had to come up with a theme on my own i mean maybe it feels kind of silly but i wouldn't have jumped to like family relationships but again this might be like the only child kind of like very nuclear standalone family perspective that i have like i just don't usually you like look at stories or like consume stories and think about the family dynamics. Like I think more about plot, but Mm -hmm. like I recognize that plot and theme are different, but I would like. Well, yeah, but you're saying like you're reading more for plot than for like character development or themes or patterns in the language. And like, that's a very valid way to read a story, but that's not like, I'm sometimes reading for plot, but also I, one of the things I like about TJR's work is I feel like she rides a good balance of plot and um, character development and like character driven stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but there still is a decent amount of plot and action moving things along. Um, and so I guess I feel like in her writing, the themes sort of live somewhere between what's happening and then who these people are. Um and so I guess for me, like, I don't, I don't know if you feel this way because you are a more like plot focused reader, but I always am like super on board with the protagonist of a novel, like simply because they're the protagonist. Like my brain is always automatically set to be like, oh yeah, the protagonist is the focus. And so they're going to be like my favorite or my focus or my whatever, simply because like, that's how the thing is written. Um, And it takes me a minute of like to pause and step back and assess like if that's truly how I feel, if that makes sense. And so I guess I feel like with this book, we were presented like right away that it was sort of about these siblings and about this marriage. And I like because of that automatically went to. Oh, family, like family dynamics. That's what this is all about. Mm. But that's like happening because of the lens with which. I was reading. So for you to bring this back to what you were saying. <laughs> um, yeah. You're talking about plot. What do you think? Like, how would you sort of talk about the plot of this so far? I feel like the plot is. Well, it's interesting because of the like overlaid timelines And, like, the flashbacks that go through. Because I think, like, in modern day, we're just setting up a lot. Like, we're putting a lot of pieces in place. And I'm, like, really Mm -hmm. anticipatory there. Like, just, like, kind of waiting for, like... Like, it feels like a ball is, like, starting to roll. And it's, like, gaining momentum. And it's going to end up going super fast by the end of the book. Whereas, Mm. like, we... So that's kind of, like, modern day, like, the 80s is kind of slow right now. But, like looking back like these flashbacks are already moving really quickly and like a lot of stuff has happened like a lot of big things have happened already so I feel like it's like that's been kind of a nice balance now that I think of it um you know like sometimes if books start off too slowly plot wise then it's like I can't get into them or if like too much happens like towards the middle of the book then like I lose interest by the end of the book (laughs) so I think it's like a nice balance like we'll always have something happening but it won't feel contrived yeah (laughs) thank you (laughs) i just pulled that out of my ass (laughs) great job no i mean i think that makes really like a lot of sense like you have just like put into words a way that i feel about tjr's writing so yeah, yeah you nailed it thanks yeah um so do we want to do a quick little like plot summary of what we got in this chapter before we get too far into it 
yes who are not reading the book (laughs) yeah who are just here to hear our lovely voices um so they meet up at the restaurant they're eating their sammies we have all four together hooray yes they were all so cute together like i know no shit went down i was expecting like that was my prediction last week was that like drama was gonna happen but no there was like good camaraderie yeah it was nice um they were talking i thought it was funny how nina was talking about how a lot of the people who want to work at the restaurant like like the biggest perk of the job is getting an invite to this party and like ramon the um is he the fry cook like the one that we met last chapter he's like the only one he's like god no i'm not going to that party like it's just like (laughs) not his scene um but then there's like the new like just at a high school kid, Kyle, who she's like, I'm pretty sure he took the job just to get the invite. And, like, right, he's, he's gonna, gonna quit like, like next, next week. week. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I love it. I also love that, like, I hope he's totally shameless about that. <laughs> um, it's really funny. Yeah, but I think it's cool. Like, I think it's cool that they invite, like, all the people who work at the restaurant to the party. Like, so far, the Riva siblings seem like pretty unpretentious like nina yeah works at the restaurant with them and invites them to the party like hud lives in a trailer um i don't know like they seem pretty like chill and down to earth which is refreshing mm-hmm. and then um, like no go ahead oh i was just gonna bring up how they were talking about like how the party started mm-hmm. or just like reminiscing about like the first year or two of the party um like hud saying when nina cleaned the house and kit was putting out bowls of pretzels and then like (laughs) jay and hud i guess were trying to convince the guy at the liquor store to sell them kegs and like so it just started off as this really like ragtag thing um that also has just kind of like gained momentum as the years have gone Right, and now it's this big production. But I also loved the little moment we got between Jay and Hud when Nina's telling them, like, it's yeah. got mostly beer and wine and, like, just a little bit of liquor. And they're just like, yeah, okay, fine. Like, they acquiesce to whatever she she says, and then they just look at each other. Um, oh, God, I want to read it because it was really good. Okay, yeah, all right, Jay said. And then he briefly glanced at Hud, and in that nanosecond of time, they both knew they were going to drive down to the liquor store and stock the bar the way they wanted. (laughs) I freaking love, like, those kinds of relationships, I think, are so rare, but so great. I think, like, they happen a lot with siblings. I think they can also happen with, like, best friends or really close friends. Um, But that moment of, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll say whatever, but, like, we're going to go to... <laughs> we're going to go do what we want, and we can, like, communicate that, like, all in a glance. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I love it. Like, that's some real... That's some real sibling shit right there. That's some twin shit right there. Some twin shit? I don't know. I think... Yeah, definitely some twin shit. Um, but uh, it also probably comes from years of, like... Nina seems like she sort of likes to have a plan and some structure. Controlled, Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm sure they're used to her, like, going about things her way and then sort of, like, doing whatever they want, like, in the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, you know, makes sense for their sibling relationship. Yeah. yeah. So they're talking about the party. Kit, we get introduced, well, not really introduced, but Kit has a best friend named Vanessa. Yeah. And they call her Van, which is, a, like, a hella cute name. I love that. It sounds super cool, but, like, fun. I don't know. I like it. Um, and so the best friend is going to be at the party and apparently is in love with HUD, which annoys Kit, but kind of do is you, what it is. Do you think Kit's annoyed because she's in love with Van? I mean, it crossed my mind. <laughs> I don't think we have any evidence to explicitly, like, confirm that at this point. But, like, it would not shock me if we had two female friends who were super close and like wanted to be with each other, but like maybe didn't have the knowledge or the language for that. Mm-hmm. And so they were best friends and like uh, pining. Mm. <laughs> but without yeah. like, I don't know, like it, because it is the 80s, like if we're going with our theory that Kit might be queer, even if she is queer, she might not know that. Or might not be comfortable with that, right? Yeah, so that could play out a few different 
ways, if she is queer at all, which we have not had confirmed. Um, but I did think it was interesting that we have it dropped in here in this section um, that Kit has this best friend who's always around. They We know they see each other at least once a week because they always watch this like cop show mm-hmm. together, which also sounds hilarious. Um, yeah, wait, can I read the description of the yes, cop show? Yes. It's, so they're talking about it because the guy um, who's like the main character on it is coming to the party and um it's called cool nights and it's about a cop in orange county who slept with everyone's wives and solved murders wearing a blazer and swimming trunks (laughs) i love it i I honestly would probably watch that i could see that (laughs) also blazer and swimming trunks like that's that's a bold look that i might be interested in trying for the fall like as a fall summer transition yeah outfit like party on bottom business up top I was just picturing also, like, what's his name? David Caruso from, like, CSI Miami and how he has his like, sunglasses <laughs> on, too. Like, I just pictured, like, the mirror mm-hmm. meters with this. Yeah. Oh, and the swim trunks are also tiny. Oh, that changes things. They're tiny. That's a different look. At least in my mind. But also, like, most 80s men's shorts were small. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's some serious leg action happening. <laughs> Wait, so where are you going to wear this look? Dude, I don't know. I'm an artist. I can wear whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> yeah, you're Wherever. Your high schoolers I never will love have it. To be business casual. Oh my God. I don't know if I told you this, but when I was like subbing for a summer camp a few weeks ago, I had a student tell me on like day three, she came up to me and she was like, I've really liked all your outfits this week. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this is my dream. Cause it was like a whole class of high school girls. And I was like, this is all I want. This is all I want. Like, I don't want the validation, but, like, I, I the validation is nice. But, like, I want to dress in such a way that teenage girls think I'm fucking cool. And they <laughs> also feel like they can wear whatever they want. So if Yeah, the, like, setting the tone. Yeah. So, like, if a short, short and blazer combo is what it takes, baby, I'm there. Mm, mm. <laughs> Check so out Harley's fashion Insta. What's your, what's your handle? Uh, it's fast fashion but it's i've really like i haven't posted there in such a long time because i have too many instagram accounts wait but, do you dude, you post what? your like you post your fits all the time is that to your personal that's stories? on my personal one. Oh, okay you don't have to share that yeah there's t- there's so much baggage on my personal page um <laughs> but okay yes. y'all can come find me on tiktok which my Ooh. handle is at not marley foster i have been posting like off and on for a while but I just started this series I'm gonna make myself an outfit to wear to see Harry Styles in concert in September and I started like a series of videos about that and they're like gaining a surprising amount of traction so if you want to get in on the ground floor before I'm famous come find me (laughs) slide into her dms now <laughs> that was, did yeah. you send me that video of like it was like a person talking and saying like don't use dating apps anymore like instead find your partner on tiktok i probably did send you that i don't remember it but it was probably <laughs> me <laughs> yeah because i mean like i don't know i think if you're responding to somebody's post or somebody's you know story or whatever like it's a more direct a slightly more direct like line of communication. Yeah, also on TikTok if you're like you're just kind of like laying it out like that's you. There's like not filters, I feel like. Like I feel like people are yeah. more like open and like anything goes on TikTok versus like on dating oh, wow. apps you're like expected to like talk and act a certain way. Oh, they're curated in such a bizarre way, which is like a topic for another time, but yeah. I have lots of thoughts about oh, that. We've had lots of tangents this episode. <laughs> Thanks for bearing That's, with us, y'all. I mean, it's a short It's a short chapter. True. Um, it's a short... It's a short section. Um, but yeah, TikTok at not Marley Foster. Marley's spelled with an E-Y like the dog and the reggae musician. Um, but yeah, anywho. So... They're talking about the party. They talk about Goldie Hawn, who, for those of you who don't know, is Kate Hudson's mom. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, oh, God, she's married she's married to Keith Richards. She's married to some other, like, super big, famous 
actor. Um, so Kate Hudson's parents are both hella famous. Um, I yeah, I just expected all these names in here to not be true or not be real. Oh, no, see, that's what's funny is that like most of them are real. Oh, wait, who else? I'm not knowing off the top of my head, but like, keep pointing them out. Like, if we come to like okay. come across more real people that they just like mention. Bill yeah. Hudson, okay, is Kate's father. Hang on. I'm Googling. Parents are Goldie Hawn and Bill Hudson. Who is Bill Hudson? That's not who I thought. Okay, musician and actor. Ah, he and Goldie Hawn are not together anymore. Okay, so who's Goldie Hawn married to now? Somebody else. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Thank you. Okay, so Kurt Russell is not Kate Hudson's dad. Okay. But is married to Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn is Kate Hudson's mother. Like, so, it was cute. What? I was going to say, it's quite possible, because they talk about... Um, oh, yeah, so Hawn's asking, kind of jokingly, like, what if Goldie yeah. comes this year? And they're like, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't know her. Like, quit acting like you do. And he's like, no, I met her at the grocery store. Like, I offered her my basket, because she, like, had a lot of stuff. And she had her kids. And she said, hi, I'm Goldie. Um. Yeah, and that's when they start talking about oh, but the guy from the cop show is gonna come. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like some of these celebrity names are real, and it's totally possible that one of the kids that they're talking about uh, is Kate Hudson. Obviously, this ah. is weird, but like anyway, Kate would have been born, would have been a baby, I think, at this point. Yeah, let's let's fact check TJR. See if Goldie actually had kids in this year. Well, she, she, and based on the googling I just did, she and Bill Hudson, I think, split up in 1982. So if this is 1983, and we know that Goldie Hawn is Kate Hudson's mother, then she would have had to have been born before 1983, in order for Bill Hudson to be her dad. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> crazy person with like the red string. No, that's what like this whole book has been, and but like with timelines too. Yeah. Like we need just a big timeline. Yeah. So anyway, I don't think Goldie Hawn is like gonna have a major role um, in the story, but um, good to know. So we're talking. We hear about Ted, the cop actor. Then we hear about Vanessa, Kit's best friend, who's in love with Hud. We'll see if anything comes of that because now, oh, because now at the party, Hud is going to have his new girlfriend, Ashley, mm. right? And so yeah. will be upset. We don't know. Um, oh, and then they all sort of um, <laughs> make fun of Nina's ex-husband, Brandon Randall, the tennis player, um, which is kind of nice because they're like on Nina's side. Mm-hmm. Um, and like trying to make her feel a little bit better. Um, but at the end, so like the very last paragraph before we go to the flashback, after they've been like trashing him, um, Nina's like, at least it's Carrie Soto's problem now. Like she has to deal with it. And it's like the good thing about getting dumped by a dickhead is that you don't have to deal with the dickhead anymore. At least that's how it's supposed to work. So that's right. Okay. Yes. But like, okay. So when I first read that, I was like, oh shit. Okay. Maybe Brandon's going to show up to the party. Right. But now like hearing you read that out loud again, I wonder, it could be foreshadowing for that, but it could also be foreshadowing for what we get immediately next, which is a flashback to 1961. And to just summarize it real fast, Mick is off philandering, married to various different women. I think this chapter is when he's married to Evelyn Hugo, actually, but they mention it super briefly. Um, And they don't mention her by name, but they talk about him being married to the biggest star in Hollywood. And it was a huge scandal. He's married to somebody else, Veronica, I think, divorces her, gets married to the biggest star in Hollywood, which I think is an allusion to Evelyn. And then divorces her um, and is just like basically a mess and 
not satisfied with anything or anyone. And he fucking goes back home to June and asks her to take him back and says he's ready to be the dad that the kids deserve. And she takes him back. And I'm wondering if like that line that you just read is foreshadowing all of this with Mick and June. I right. can see that, yeah. Or even thinking about, like, like Nina feeling, like, it's not dumped in the same way, but, like, Nina feeling abandoned by her dad and then, like, like her seeing him as the dickhead. Just, like, yeah. he's the dickhead here. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we might, okay, also in this section, so June takes him back and they sleep together. So this might be Kit's origin story. Because we were wondering, you know, where did Kit come from? Is she June and Mix, or is she also a half-sibling? But June and Mix sleep together when he comes back. And so this might be... We, we don't have it confirmed yet if June is pregnant again, but it might be that she is. Yeah, I forgot the time. Because I think we did Kit's math, but I forget what we came up with. Yeah, because it's been a couple... It's been, like, two years at least, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and Nina's a few years old. Nina's, like, probably three or four at this point when he comes back. I think she's, like, five. Well, yeah, that would make sense then. Because I think Nina's, like, four or five years older than Kit. So I guess this So she's, like, three or four, and then she'll be five or six by the time Kit's born. Um, Yeah, that that lines up. Yeah. How did you feel about June taking him back? Uh, like... I mean, I feel like he was just saying what he knew would win her over. Like, it talks about, like, the, like, every word he's using or every line is, like, it says he was picking the lock on her heart like a burglar at the front door. Almost. 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 And then, quote, I'm ready to be the dad they need, he said. Click. It slid open. So that just felt very, like, manipulative to me. Um, Mm -hmm like just saying what he needed to say um and yeah don't trust him um i think it was almost like a moment of weakness for him like in the opposite way you know like he gets excuse me he talks a lot about like his moments of weakness like when he falls from him and and, like sleeps with them but Mm -hmm. this kind of feels like this like weakness for wanting to like have what he couldn't have or have what he hasn't had in a while, which is like the home life. And so just like going yeah. back to that because it's what he hasn't had. Yeah. That didn't well, answer your question. You asked yeah. me what about June, but that was my, no, no, I, that answered my question. I just said, how do you feel about her taking him back and like this situation? I think you're right. I think he's using different women and different kinds of relationships to try to like fix things within himself and it never works for more than a little while because he's not changing anything about himself he's just entering into these different situations and expecting the person or the circumstance to fix all his problems and he's not doing any work to fix his shit i Mm. like at all um and so yeah like he had june and he had this family but then he got restless and bored and you know whatever other adjectives you want to assign to him um and left and went on to the next thing instead of trying to figure out like how to stay and how to make it better or make it work and i (laughs) think this is just like a different version of that i laughed because like i feel that (laughs) 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 like i'm always like (laughs) I mean, you and I have talked about this, like, moving around, like, trying to find something that works, and you're like, just give it more time. Like, wait it out. It'll, like, work itself out. Like, you well, like, to, to like, be fair, up. To be fair to you, though, like, that is such a hard balance, because you definitely do have to be willing to, like, cut and run sometimes. Mm. And I think some people are not. Um, and you can actually, like, lose so much that way by not being willing to let things go when it is really time to let them go. Mm. So there is something to be said for, like, keeping moving and finding new things and exploring 
like, I think all of that can be really good when it comes from the right place. And I think for him, he's using it like he's using alcohol. Like, he's a drunk who's not happy with himself. And he's expecting these women to, like, fix that. And he's expecting to, like, magically have the wonderful home life that he did not have as a child. Mm. But without ever stopping to assess his own history or his own behavior and his own patterns and to do anything to change them. And so that's where it's problematic is that he's just like running from something. It's not like he's trying, it's not like he's seeking and like working and moving forward and making progress. He's okay. just like fucking around because he doesn't know what else to do. Yeah. Do you think, time. do you think we're going to get any character development in Mick of like him I guess maturing a little bit or just realizing no. how his actions affect other people? No, I don't. Um for several reasons. I think we kind of get more development in that we learn more about um his childhood, right? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um we learn about his parents and they were super volatile and how to really like sounds like toxic high intensity relationship with one another. And so it sounds like he didn't really have a good home life and didn't see good examples of like loving relationships between spouses or between like parents and children. Um, and so I do have some sympathy for him for that. Like he didn't have good examples. He didn't have support as a kid. Um, and so I, that's a little bit of development in terms of like, explaining why he is the way he is, but thus far he has demonstrated zero interest in um, like working through that or, or holding himself accountable for anything um, long-term. And I think because of the time period in which this story is happening, like men, men have never really been asked for that kind of accountability or to do that kind of work, you know, it was sort of the stereotypical, like if you're present and you're providing materially, like that's good enough and that's better than what your dad did. So you're doing great. Right. Mm -hmm. and so even though he's been an absent father, he has been providing for them monetarily since he left and now he's back. And I think in his mind, that's going to be enough. Like I fundamentally do not think he is a self-aware person and I don't, I will not be surprised if he does not ever gain that self-awareness because I simply don't think like with his career and with the time period and like the social structures in which he's existing, like they're not set up for him to ever have that sort of self-awareness. Yeah. So, but what do you think? Um, I guess I want to see growth in him. Yeah. Um, like, I think that would be interesting to see, like, what it takes to facilitate growth. Um, but I think you make a strong argument as to why it probably won't happen. I mean, I hope it does, too. But, yeah, I think it would take something really major. And I can't – I'm having a hard time even imagining what it would be. But something mm -hmm. really major. Maybe something with his kids. Like, something happening – because of one of his kids or to one of his kids that that really like jolts him into something different yeah because it seems uh, like june's not enough to like like her presence and her like being alive and around isn't enough to switch things up for him no because she can't i mean because he's got to do the work at some point and yeah. i think he he may very genuinely care about her but you can care about someone and love someone and still have a lot of issues within yourself um, that aren't being addressed. True. So, I don't know. We'll see. But he says, uh, like, Nina doesn't recognize him. She kind of, she's like... She, yeah, kind of. Yeah. But she doesn't know it's her dad. Right. And he says, hi, honey, it's daddy. I had to go away for a little while, but I'm back now forever. And that just seemed like so ominous. <laughs> like, <laughs> forever. Um, 
that's just such a big commitment to jump into right away when he has thus far shown very little interest in being a father for him to immediately be like, yeah, I'm here. I'm in it. It's like, okay, maybe sure. Like we would love for you to be a great dad and be present in these children's lives. Right. That would be awesome. Um, However, I'm not convinced that he has the capacity or like the tools to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because we also know his alcoholism is getting worse. Because now that, like, he's not interested in sleeping around anymore, he's just drinking. Drinking at night. Which is also typical <laughs> um, of the of the time period. And even now, um, plenty of people find themselves in that unfortunate position. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel for June because, like, obviously she loved this man. And I do believe that in his own way, he genuinely did love her. Um, And, of course, like, she loves her children and wants to see the best in him and wants to give him a chance to be a great dad and give them a chance to have a great dad. But, oh, my God, I don't think she should (laughs) taking him back i don't also just the way she did it like she just like let him in at night and then the next morning she's like in the kitchen making eggs and toast for him and he's sitting at the table and that's when nina walks out like that was like a really powerful image for me yeah and there's like no dialogue there's no like i know i'm we're using like a, a very contemporary lens to look at this relationship but like there's no conversation like she doesn't want him to know how much she was hurt and i can relate to that like you don't want this person who hurt you to see you as vulnerable because they already hurt you once right so like that mm-hmm. makes sense but also like he may not realize how how much he fucked up right um I don't know. I just think it's so tricky and i just think like quite frankly she deserves more and deserves better um, than someone who behaves in this way. Yeah. But because she's, like, kind and nurturing, she's going to try. And, like, God, I hope it works out, but I don't think it's going to. Yeah. Me neither. Uh, wow. That's kind of where this section ends. Um, so they're back together. Kit may or may not have been conceived. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the one thing to be said about their relationship is they've always had a great sex life. And it sounds like that has not changed. So, you know what, June, like get yours. It's fine. But also he's the only person she's been with. She's like, I'm never going to find anyone to touch me the way he does. It's like, I mean, we don't know that's true for sure. Like, I assume that that's the case, but we don't know. And it's been like two years. We don't know. Oh, that she hasn't been with anyone else. Yeah. You're saying? Yeah, no, I don't, we don't know that, but just, like, what she was saying about I know, like, probably one to, like, be able to satisfy her, like. Yeah. He's sleeping with so many people, though. He better be good at it at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have to be because he's rich and famous, but, like, you would hope that he picked up some skill along the way. You would hope, but I feel like having a bunch of one-night stands, like, you, I guess he's had He was married at least two yeah. other times. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I mean, it's tricky. So we're seeing, like, the next phase of the Riva family. Because I was wondering earlier on in this chapter when it was talking about, like, all of Mick's other relationships. Like, okay, obviously the Riva kids have his last name and know that he's their dad as adults. So how do we get from him being gone and them not knowing anything about him to him at least having some small role in their lives and then well he shows back up and clearly this is how that starts yeah yeah because june would always like change the channel when he came on tv Mm -hmm. or like hide he wouldn't play his music yeah that must have been hard though because it seems like he was pretty famous by this point that must be so hard yeah avoid this man especially just like seeing him with like his new wives like in tabloids and stuff yeah wow Uh, what's our next chapter (laughs) it's the short one right oh yeah so we were gonna talk about okay so 1 p.m 
to 2 p.m., which is only, like, what, six pages? Six pages, yeah. Um, You've already read a third of it. <laughs> I know. So do you want to do 1 p.m. to 3 p.m.? Are you okay with that? Do you want to, like, yeah. read it and then text and decide? Or you want to just say one Nah, page? let's just do it, because it's only going to be, like, 20 pages if we add This is our podcast. PM. We get to decide what the rules are. Yes, we do. We have agency here. Okay, so we'll do 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. And see, yeah, that's a good show. What is in store? Excuse me, I think I just burped on Mike. Oh, I think I did too. <laughs> 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 um, sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. But I do. I agree with what you were saying at the beginning um, about like the ball is rolling and it feels like it's starting to gain momentum. Yeah. Well, because and where we left off with um modern day like nothing else really happened i think they were just like they didn't say what they were doing after lunch nina was gonna go home and like um you know let the cleaners in let the caterers in yeah i don't know what they're gonna do with the rest of their days well i'm not gonna say anything because i read the next two pages (laughs) (laughs) that's a little bit of light on that so i'm gonna uh refrain um but yeah i guess that's a good place a good place to to call it for the day um is there anything else you want to chat about before we wrap up um i finished the midnight library oh how was it it was good it was a nice fast read cool um i go through like periods where if i'm like reading a book that i'm not super crazy about then i just like won't read for a while but so i finally got through the book what was I don't even remember what book it was that was like slowing me down. Um, mm. But I finished it and then I've read like a couple books since. So I feel like I'm on a good. You're fast. Roll. Yeah. You always say that. I don't, I don't feel fast, but. Because you are, but I guess what it is is like you finish books a lot faster than me. I'll start like seven. Yeah. <laughs> and then it takes me a long time to finish because I'm I don't know like unless it's really great but sometimes I think me juggling so many at the same time like decreases my experience of each one which is definitely a me problem yeah I like having because I'll I do still have a lot of books going at once um especially like a lot of nonfiction books but I like having like the one book that I carry around with me that I'm like (laughs) super into yeah, and that's part of what's been nice about this pod, though, is it's, like, forced me to stay consistent with Malibu Rising instead of, like, reading a lot and then, like, setting it down for a while and then coming back, you know, like, mm-hmm. reading it in spurts. It's forced me to be more methodical, um, which has actually been really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah. Nice. Well, cool, y'all. Um, thanks for being here. This has been Voracious. Um, and we'll catch you next time for 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. of Malibu. Yeah, two right? hours. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk for two hours. <laughs> that would be a lot. I doubt it. All right. Bye, y'all. Cool. Okay, bye. <laughs>